our speaker for this evening is Father Bernard. And uh, yeah, we are so excited that Father Bernard is with us. Father Bernard has been here uh, for nearly six months now. Uh, if you've not met Father Bernard, you need to do it quickly. One, because he's amazing. And two, because uh, on the Sunday of the Big Spree came, we're going to be sending Father Bernard back to Vienna, where he is going to be uh, planting a new church planting initiative, a new worshipping community in a Roman Catholic context. And uh, we are so excited for this opportunity to partner with with the Archdiocese uh, of Vienna and, uh, and all the good people there and, uh, and the vision that they have to see a church planted there in Austria. It's an amazing thing that we get to partner with our brothers and sisters all across the world. And Father Bernard has been here for uh, nearly six months learning from you guys how to plant churches. And uh, it's an amazing thing that he's here and an amazing encouragement for us and, and actually a real part of our story. If you've just joined us, you know, God is doing an amazing thing here. In fact, he has been for hundreds of years. Yeah, I love the fact that this church was known as the Church of the Sea Captains right from the start. About 350 years ago, this was a place where people landed and launched from. A harbour where people landed and launched out into the exciting, the new, and had adventures together. And hundreds of years later, God is still landing people and launching people from here. Uh, and in the last nine years, we've seen God launch four new church plants uh, from this place. In the last three years, actually, we've seen six young leaders get sent out, prayed out by you guys uh, to go and become ordained leaders in the Church of England to start new church plants and to lead new worshipping communities. In the last two years, uh, we've seen our first grandchild church plant get planted from All Hallows Bow, uh, who was planted uh, from here about eight years ago. Uh, and we've been able to partner with uh, our first group south of the river uh, in the Diocese of Southwark and support what God is doing down there. Uh, and of course, at the end of January this year, we were able to announce two new church plants, one partnering with Father Bernard and everyone out in Austria, and, and the second one with Jason and Pam, uh, who have been here for years and we know and love, and they're going to be sent out to plant uh, a new community in Husk, in the coffee shop down in Limehouse later this year. It is so exciting what God is doing amongst us. We know that the best way to see God's kingdom come and his will done here is for us to see his church grow, for churches to be planted, uh, for more people to come and know Jesus as their saviour, to experience his love. So we're really excited to have Bernard with us and excited for the message that God has given him for us tonight. So can we give a massive round of applause and encouragement to Bernard as he comes to speak to us? Good evening. It's really exciting to be in the Anglican Church as a Catholic priest. But we come together more and more, I think. Now it's a little bit a Catholic place here. Why the first two pews are free, nearly free. So we have this tradition in our Catholic Church also. <laughs> For the last seven years I was a parish priest and I struggled with this. We had not only the first two pews, there were seven or eight pews, and all the men are outside of the door. So, okay. I should speak to you about Jonah this evening. I tell a little bit his story. Jonah has got a job. He should preach what the Lord told him. Ergo, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. But he didn't want 
to B1 and booked a passage on a ship for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. God himself sent a dangerous storm, and Jonah was to blame for this. So the sailors threw Jonah overboard after he got up from a deep sleep. Now God provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. In this fish was distress, darkness, and loneliness. There was a lot of gastric acid, and the worst of all, there was no internet access. And for three days and nights, in the belly of the fish, he had a lot of time to pray. God heard his prayer, and the fish vomited Jonah onto land. And again, God called him to do his job. Jonah went and proclaimed the overthrow of this big city, Nineveh. And the city repented, and God gave it a second chance. To Jonah, this seemed not okay, and he became angry and wanted to die. Such a merciful God doesn't fit in Jonah's stuff. We don't know how this discussion between God and Jonah ended, so we are left with God's question, should I not have concern for the great city? So, what about Jonah? Why is he so fascinating for me? He heard very clearly that what God wanted him to do, that's so much more than many of us do experience in their life. It took me a very long time to understand where the place is God wants me to be. He made many attempts, many attempts to overcome my spiritual deafness. And to be honest, I need these attempts furthermore. Maybe just like Jonah who had heard God's call twice, then he obeyed. But after this, he started again a discussion with God. The open end of the book of Jonah teaches us a lot. It teaches me to repent of my spiritual deafness. Go. Go, said God to Jonah. For me, go, this go is a fundamental word in spiritual life as well as in our public life as Christians, which is seen by others around us. If a parish or a congregation is on the way to people who do not even know Jesus, it takes some disciples staying locally and creating a safe place in one part of the harbor, others are setting sail. Both are in motion, both are necessary, both hear this go. In the last 10 years I worked in different parishes. I worked with nice and godly people. I'm not allowed to judge their faith, but I'm glad having found a place where I can learn what it means to go. Go and proclaim. Go and make disciples. This place is this harbor church, you can imagine. Jonah had a clear order to warn Nineveh. That's not the same order we have got from Jesus, but we can learn from this. Nineveh is called a huge city, so think about what this parish is doing, transforming 
communities. Sound more than similar to me. Transforming community. This is the thing here. But what did Jonah, when he heard this order? He ran away and fled from the Lord. He ran away. He ran away. Do you know this? Do you ever run away from the Lord? This is very saddest of my experience. I run away very often from the Lord. All I know is running away from Jesus is my sin par excellence. I've heard God's call very often in my life and then I fled. I said there's no trust, no faith that he will put me in the right place. No trust in the Lord very often. I'm thinking of the first call to become a priest when I was 24. I was ordained at the age of 44. Between, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> it's a long time. Yeah? <laughs> Between 24 and 29, I made a mess of things. To use the same metaphor, I tried to touch at too many harbors. These harbors were very different, such as trying out various studies, having parties every night. Every night. <laughs> it was very expensive, I can tell. It was very expensive. Had some girls and all that stuff. The girls I had before I became priest, yeah, you know. <laughs> I looked for harbors, but none of these harbors were safe places. None was the one God had made for me. Phil asked me whether I could tell more about my story in this evening service. I'm not sure whether it's interesting for you. You're very young, and it's maybe when you leave the service, you will have a sad feeling about how life is running sometimes. But Phil is the vicar. He told me, so I tell you about my life from 29 to, to now. When I was 29, I realized I should do, after these years, party girls and whatever, yeah, I realized I should do a meaningful and reasonable thing in my life. So I was trained as a nurse. And I was a nurse for six years, and with 35, I heard another call. Maybe it's better for you. Was it a call? Was it a lot? I'm not sure, but today I'm sure, but not in this at this age. So I went to a monastery and you pray a lot. You pray four or five times a day. And you live in a community, which was great. And I was in this monastery for five years and then some things happened and it wasn't the right harbor for me. And with 41 I joined the seminary. Our Archbishop the same archbishop who allowed that I came here to St. Paul's Shadwell, he asked me whether I would join the seminary and to become a priest in his diocese, the Diocese of Vienna. And so when I was 44, 44, yeah, okay, I became priest, I was ordained. The first three years I was a curate and for some years also a youth pastor in the northern part of the Diocese of Vienna. 
And then I was seven years a parish priest. It's a wicker in your church. It's a wicker. And in these seven years, I made a lot of experiences. I was sure now I was at the right place as a priest, a diocesan priest. But I wasn't sure where in this church my specific place, my specific harbor is. And so I made a lot of experiences. Three years ago, my bishop sent me to the Philippines to, to learn about a church which has only a few priests, but it's a large region. How to learn to run a church with lay people and how to learn to run a church only with the word of God. Bible sharing groups are the basic of the Philippine church. So I thought a lot about this, what to do this experience. And in the same year, I was sent the first time to HTP, HTP or part of the HTP network. And this was very exciting for me. For the first time, I learned that the Holy Spirit is leading the church and not me. It's not me as a parish priest who leads the church. It's the Holy Spirit. And this was a pretty new experience for me. I studied theology seven years, I think, yeah, seven years. We learned a lot about the Holy Spirit, but I, till this time, I never realized that he is leading his church. He is leading his church and not men. Now, I believed this before I knowed this. And so, new things were coming. Two years ago, two and a half years ago, I went to the cardinal, to my bishop, and asked him, what shall I do with all these experiences in my life? What shall I do? And he allows me to come to St. Paul's Shadwell for some months. I told him, it's good to make experience, but it's not good to know more, to come deeper in a part of the Anglican Church. And so I'm here for some months, and I hope with the grace of God, with all I have learned here, we can launch a new congregation, a new church in, in Vienna. It's all about prayer. It's all about the Holy Spirit. This I'm learning here, and I learned, when I come back, I learned it here. And Chris, you're right. I was 44 when I was ordained. Now I'm 55, and... It's a great thing to learn with 55. It's not the end of life, maybe, you think. <laughs> yeah. And experience what God's will is. Maybe, therefore, I love Jonah. Think about his story. And my story, sometimes it was the same story. It was a bit as the sleep Jonah had fallen into during the storm. A deep sleep, you do not awake of yourself. Thank God. Thanks God. There were people around me and around Jonah who woke me up and threw me into the sea. It's very uncomfortable to be thrown in the sea. But it is the essential condition, precondition for God to provide a huge fish. And that's it. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have heard about all these sentences. 
I agree, of course, but there is another. It's all about principle in our life as Christians. And this is, it's all about fish. I don't think about the Catholic tradition to have fish on Fridays. I'm speaking about these huge fishes swallowing us from time to time on our way of faith, on our way to heaven. I don't love being in the belly of a fish, but if God sends these times of distress and darkness, I assume he has very good reasons to do so. First reason for God to send the fish. There's not always a bright and shining hallelujah time in our life. Darkness is a reality as well as loneliness. If we as Christians experience such times, we are able to share these experiences with others and to help them. Thank God for these darknesses, painful but helpful darknesses. Second reason for God to send a fish. Sometimes it's good for us to spend time outside the confusion around us. Every deep knowledge in my life came out of the silence and darkness. This was God's way to show me where my place is. Third reason for God to send a fish. Jonah fled from the Lord, but the Lord didn't give up on Jonah. The fish is a new beginning for Jonah in his relationship with God. So if we say it's all about fish, we could also say it's all about prayer. And Jonah's prayer is a very honest prayer. No proudness is in it, no selfishness. I read this, I read Jonah's prayer and maybe you can pray in the same way in silence. In my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in realm of the dead I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depth, into the very heart of the seas and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breaks swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath bared me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation comes from the Lord. In my life, I was very often 
in fish bellies and this helped me afresh to confess the Lord as Lord. He did all for me. He did all for me. The fourth reason for God to send fishes. God loves us to be vomited by fishes. Maybe that's not the very theological sentence, but I'm sure God loves us to be vomited by fishes. Sounds oddly, but it's true. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah into dry, onto dry land. We are vomited onto dry land. When we are on dry land again, we are able to fulfill his commissions. Out of all darknesses, God rescues us in order to fulfill his will. So let's stand and pray. God, Heavenly Father, we hear your message. We are sent to proclaim it, but sometimes we need to be swallowed by a fish to understand where the dry land is. Bring us again onto dry land. Show us our place you have prepared for us. Let us set sail or help us when we should stay in the harbor. And Father, we pray that our time in the belly of the fish will not last too long, but your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen.